Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, cretins. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Uh, ah, can I answer your question? It does. I wish I could reciprocate. Pizza and beer. Pizza <laughs> and beer. I yes. am queer for pizza and beer. Was that a single in the UK? <laughs> oh, it might be. Maybe. Will be now. That's <laughs> gonna be popular. I tell you that. Song of that bad boy. Uh, speaking of bad boys, how about our good friend, Mister John Blickman? That's right. Oh, yeah, the original bad boy rebel manufacturer of brewing equipment. <laughs> the original bad boy that wears a pocket protector. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As geeky and freaky as they come. Mm-hmm. But he's innovating your homebrew. Right, yes. John? Or JP? I agree with you. 100%. Cool. What'd you say? Just kidding. <laughs> That's true. And he still hasn't cut me that check yet, though. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great group of folks out there. Uh, you know, ever since they started sponsoring, I've gotten more and more chance to hang out with... Uh, with uh, John Blickman, and uh, I'll tell you, he's just one one character. I, uh, just got quite a character. And when I say geeky and freaky, that's him. That's yep. him. That's right. Uh, two words. Uh, he's but awesome. Making, friendly and... Yes. And loves that's to hear awesome. from uh, fellow brewers like yourself. Well, I'll tell you, if you guys are uh, going to be out at the uh, National Homebrewers Conference uh, coming up in June out in, in Philly... That's right. Uh, I'm sure Mr. John Blickman and uh, a bunch of his crew will be out there. They haven't missed a a conference uh, in last five years or so. Yeah, five, six, whatever. Yeah, and they'll be out there and and usually he likes to you know demo some new new equipment that they're working on. Uh, right. Do a demo of uh, brewing on one of their systems. Do uh, you know a lot of different things and yeah. uh, real cool. Uh, you know, go up to their booth, say hi to them, uh, tell them you appreciate that they uh, sponsor the show, and uh, I tell you, uh, he really appreciates it. That's he's not asking for any more than uh, yeah. than that, and uh, he's not even really asking for that. We are so That's do true. us a favor, go up and tell him how much you appreciate that the, he does this for us. So uh, yeah, that and. Uh, you know, the AHA, uh, they're holding the uh, National Hopers Conference in June. You're going, right? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'm yeah. going, too. I'm uh, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't miss one. There, it's always a great chance to reconnect with a lot of friends from years past and mm-hmm. uh, and learn. I always 
I, I really enjoy going to the talks. I, right. it, the, I learn a lot of really good stuff at the talks. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, what, what may seem like a mundane topic like mashing, but, you know, mm-hmm. everybody has, has different experiences and has something to bring to the, to well, the table. Some, some serious experts, you know, yeah, to, they do. to talk about stuff. And, um, you know, the, the thing I love about it, you mentioned, you know, seeing some old friends and making new friends, um, if you want to feel like part of a community, a, a great, you know, loving, yeah, welcoming, yeah. fun community, go to the Homebrewers Conference. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's fantastic. It, it's really going to my first Homebrewers Conference uh, in Texas. Right after that is when I got my lifetime AHA membership. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I, I was just like, ah, I'm, I'm going, the rest of my life I'm going <laughs> to these things, so I might as well get my lifetime membership. Yeah. And, uh it's really fantastic. I I've uh, uh, real passionate about the AHA, and I I think uh, you know people listen. You go check it out. Uh, there's a link on the Brewing Network site. You can sign up, be an AHA member. You're going to get uh, Zymergy magazine, pub discount program, all all sorts of good good things. But yeah. what you're going to do is join a, a great community and uh, be supportive of the organization that really helps protect homebrewing in the United States. So, yep. uh, you know, more and more that's that's important with uh, all the uh, anti-alcohol uh, factions out there. You right. need to uh, you need to have somebody kind of looking out for you. So yeah. I'd suggest signing up for the AHA personally. Me too. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of friends at the uh, at the conference, I think the Hootie Checks owe us lunch. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. they do. Or maybe we've switched over from we us thinking we always owe them lunch to now maybe we're thinking they always owe us lunch. Yeah. I don't know. We uh, I forget where we, where we came out. No, I, I think this last time they must have bought lunch because you weren't there. Okay. And then we were going to make them buy dinner at oh, yeah. that expensive steakhouse. Right. Or Ruth's Chris. Right, right. <laughs> and then yeah. we kind of backed off on that. Yeah, we kind of went Dutch. Yeah, that was uh, that was more expensive than it was worth. I think it was but, interesting, yeah. but uh, but I met the Hudecheks at the uh, Florida conference. Yep, and they berated me for forty five minutes, called me all <laughs> sorts of names for uh, beating them in competition. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but that happens to you a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but not quite like the Hudecheks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so now we're all buds, and we uh, we mm-hmm. go out to lunch every every conference. I got to make it out to their uh, out to their Our compound there yeah. uh, one of these times. Yeah, me too. I think we're just gonna have to break down and make a separate trip. Yeah, I think make I think I've got to be in the cards. All right. Uh, so what we're doing today is live Q and A show, and uh, if you've got questions for us at, at Brew Strong, what you do is you email Brew Strong at thebrewingnetwork dot com. Put in the subject matter. Q&A show yeah. or Q&A, and, and we'll know that uh, you just have a question for the show. If you've got suggestions, other things, complaints, whatever, go ahead and send them all into the same email address, but uh, we tend not to respond to that email address because it gets thousands of emails, so yeah. we just uh, use it as a uh, repository for incoming yeah. questions. And when it, in the way this, the way our, our uh, protocol works is when, you know, the show is well, we coming up protocol? the next day. Well, yeah, standard operating procedure. Yeah, RSOP. But, you know, the day before the show, we uh, it's like, okay, what's in the box? And we start going through the questions and mm-hmm. print them and look them up. And then we read them on the air here and try to answer them. So 
you know that, that's that's the highly detailed yeah complex uh way that we operate here yeah so what i'm saying is if you put q a there it helps us find your find question questions right before the to show dig through all the yeah. grow your penis larger right that's a whole awesome. nother sponsor though all right uh what's our what's our first question do you have there uh well John? uh it's a butte um <laughs> it's from uh george theodoritis from australia Mm-hmm. And he says, I hope you have a... Uh, he says, I... Good day, a, mate. Yeah, he said that. And then I have a question I hope you folks can shed some light on. Um, my setup uses a pump that recirculates wort from the center bottom of the kettle straight up, kind of like a Braumeister clone. It looks like a moderate roll-in boil, even when it's not at boiling temp. Now, do the pump mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if I could pocket the benefit of not using so much energy boiling and reduce the risk of boilovers by using the agitation caused by the pump at, say, 90 or 95 C. Would hop utilization be similar? Could there be other effects of not actually reaching 100 degrees C? So he's asking, is the fact that the wort is roiling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not boiling equivalent or nearly equivalent to a rolling boil? I think that would be very similar to being at, uh, being at elevation. Although yeah. the atmospheric pressure's higher, so it may not even be as effective as being at elevation. Um, I would think that um, hop utilization will will definitely be lower. Yep. And because um, that's a function of temperature, right? And then uh, you know, also um, volatilization, DMS precursors. Yeah. Um, yeah. All that happens. You know. Anyways, um, at a slower rate, and with the you know the churn of the wort exposing to the surface uh, through yeah. the pump, that would help. But there might be a few things that are uh, different, not quite getting to. I mean, it depends on you know, ten C is what he's talking about. That's considerably lower. That would be like um, one hundred and eighty, uh, one ninety. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One hundred and ninety. Around in there. Yeah. Somewhere around in there. Um. That's pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I'm wondering uh, about you know brake coagulation. Yeah. Yeah. You might have trouble with uh, haze. Not getting quite as much uh, hot break. Yeah. Um. You know. Again, part of that is the mechanical action of them clump bumping together. Mm-hmm. Uh. But it, the heat needs to be high enough for it to you know denature and clumped together and conceivably it would change the flavor of the beer a little bit depending i think on the it style. would yeah yeah oh, because yeah. you know your formation of melanoidin right things like that you know, yeah temperature difference it's it's going to have an effect whether it's a, a really significant effect or not or if it's a smaller effect i mean you'll, you, you just have to with. side by side uh, some batches and see yeah yeah i think uh, i think that's the way to go I mean, you might be onto something there where you could, you know, knock a few degrees off, but mm-hmm. 10C, uh, that no, seems like quite a much. bit. Yeah. And I would imagine that the electricity used to run the pump might, you know, cost you as much as the fuel to run the boil. Because be really, the amount of energy that you're putting in is probably close to the same 
as when once you get it to a boil the the trick is getting the wort to a boil once it's a boil it only takes a certain amount of energy to maintain a boil and um you know once you're in that that phase change i think um maintaining it is easier so i'm not sure you're necessarily saving a whole lot unless you're you're heating i guess with uh uh, propane or something like that and, and it's costing you more than the electricity then yeah, that might be something yeah. but uh, you could also add an electric uh, if you got cheap electricity like you're running solar or something like that uh, you could go with an electric uh, element in the kettle to uh, support your boil yep. and require less uh, propane yeah that's probably the biggest savings yeah so there you go and I think it's Theodorides I think it's Greek oh okay that makes sense that a Greek living in Australia. Yeah, he's confused. Go figure. All right. I guess it's like Greece, but without the financial difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's lots of okay. sailors there. All right. Uh, uh, your turn? My turn. Barry says, hey, guys. Why are all my my folks with high-pitched voices? <laughs> why Why did you hand me those? Hey guys, I have a couple of questions regarding light exposure. One, I have a large, I hate it when people have so many questions they need to number them. One, I have a large Pepsi fridge that I use in my fermenting fridge. It has a large glass door in it. I use one, I use uh, 16 gallon LME barrels to ferment in and these barrels are translucent, translucent enough that you can see a decent shadow of the liquid Croissant line. Uh, For a long time I've been using black bristle board to cover over the glass door so that no light can get in because I assume that the light will have a, an effect on the beer. I know that beer will go bad if exposed to light, but will the same thing happen to your beer while it is fermenting? Why does beer go bad when exposed to light? Well, that's an easy one. Because <laughs> light is no good. I think this may make a good show idea since I haven't seen anything about light exposure unless I'm just effing blind. Anyways, thanks for your time. Love the shows and keep up the good work. Okay. Good question. Um, So why does light uh, make beer go bad? Yeah. Well, um, depends on exactly what he means by bad, but I'm I'm guessing that he's referring to skunking. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the most obvious signs of uh, light-struck beer is that it develops the mercaptan kind of smell, mm-hmm. uh, high, kind of a high sulfury, stinky smell. Uh, he mentions the curse of the green beer bottles mm-hmm. um, because uh, green glass does not block ultraviolet light like the brown glass does uh, or clear glass. And the ultraviolet light reacts with these... Uh, um, Sulfides or sulfur compounds in the in the in the they're a hop compound and converts them to mercaptans, which is very similar to skunk smell. Mm-hmm. So um, when we talk about light struck beer, uh, it's that skunkiness we're talking about. Um, I'm not sure of the optical properties of polyurethane. Yeah, there's there's no UV going through that. Okay, so it's the UV that's the problem. Right. right. No, the not- plastic's a good good absorber of UV. That's why plastic breaks down. Ah. Uh, you know, you leave it out oh, in the yeah. sun good and point. it becomes all brittle and goes goes nasty pretty quick. Because it blocks. UV and, uh, yeah, so. Um, 
I'm not. I doubt a lot of UV would get through there. Okay. And um, and skunking, uh, it's a pretty volatile aromatic. Yeah. So. so you'd know it if you had it. Yeah. I don't. Other than that, I think that's really that's the only mm-hmm. light damage that I would expect. Right. Uh, of the, of the beer. Well, and the other thing you can do on this fermenter is uh, just take a T-shirt, black T-shirt, whatever, and just pull it over the top of it. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, that works well as well. Mm-hmm. Might be easier than the uh, bristle board. Yeah. All right. Or Think, you could you know, use some lingerie if, that, if you lean that way. Right, some panties. Well, you know, and what you could do is go to our fine sponsor, adamandeve.com. They've got all sorts of uh, great adult entertainment products. And uh, they even have some uh, stuff for dress up there, and you can dress up your carboys and your your fermenters to uh, just the way you like them. Just the way you like them. I think that's a great idea, Palmer. I think uh, I think John's really onto something here. I'll tell you what, you can use the offer code Jamel J A M I L. Go to AdamandEve dot com. You can get like you know a pair of lace panties fifty percent off. You can get fifty percent off just about any one item I think with a that camisole offer code. Would fit a fermenter better. <laughs> Right, right. Well, you know, and you, you can use the offer code Jamel. You get fifty percent off that that one item that you need for your for your uh, carboy. And uh, you know, maybe you want to give it some some like mood music type of thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can set up a, a little DVD player, a little TV, and uh, you could you could rock your your fermenters world with uh, three free adult DVDs that you choose. So you can figure out what your beer wants. Yeah, you know your beer might you know prefer like uh, milfs. Agitation is good or for fermentation. Might prefer big breasts. Who knows? You you can choose that. You can choose from genres such as anal, amateur, Asian, big breasts, big butts, bisexual, chunky, coed, fetish, gay, interactive, POV, lesbian, milfs, etc. Is there one for bunghole fingering? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get one where you know it. it, it, it I don't know if that would please the fermenter or upset the fermenter. Yeah, I don't know. You know, whether it gets its hole fingered. Uh, and well, it's not a. It, it is an entrance <laughs> and an exit. So there you go. On top of that, you can get a uh, a fine sensual new toy, or or special uh, special uh, gift, and free shipping. So you buy one item, fifty percent off. That's all you're paying. Okay. Then you get three free DVDs. You get free gift and free shipping. It's just quite a heck of a deal from adamandeve.com. So go check it out. You can even do it from your mobile phone so you can stay next to your fermenter and you know <laughs> browse from your mobile phone, uh, adamandeve.com, or the mobile site is m.adamandeve.com. So check them out. Great great sponsor and uh, uh, all sorts of things for, for your lovely fermenter should you should you just so desire. Very good. Very good. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up after this. Hey, Jack, what you doing? Playing Warcraft? No way, it's TBG time, buddy. TBG? Get with it. I'm playing that brewery game. What brewery game? No, that's the name of the site, thatbrewerygame.com. What? Yeah, check it out, man. If you've ever brewed beer in your dreams or wish you could mash in right from your desk at work, you can. Kind of. With That Brewery Game, you can brew up a great batch of beer from anywhere virtually. Then you can sell it because in That Brewery Game, it's legal to sell your beer to the public. 
create recipes, brew virtually, upgrade your equipment, upload labels, and test market your brand at thatbrewerygame.com. You still slinging pissed off birds into buildings from your phone? Forget that. Try making beer. Sweet. Register right now for your free account at thatbrewerygame.com. Brew. Drink. Play. Thatbrewerygame.com. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Where can you still find 795 nationwide shipping, a friendly, knowledgeable staff, and all of the stuff to brew for less? Homebrew stuff. <laughs> Isn't the homebrew stuff a sexual maneuver? Homebrew stuff is the largest homebrew supplier in the Northwest and can be found in Garden City, Idaho, and online at homebrewstuff.com. Equipment and ingredients for brewing beer and wine, soda and liquors, books, instructional DVDs, beginner kits, and a great selection of grain and hops. Homebrew stuff also has dozens of free videos online to help make brewing easier. Easier. Visit homebrewstuff.com now for the best prices with their match or beat guarantee. BN Army members can take 10% off their first order with the coupon code BN Army. Kegs, regulators, faucets, towers, carboys, conicals, barrels, you name it. Get your homebrew stuff for less at homebrewstuff.com. Homebrew stuff, <laughs> not a sexual maneuver. Just the best prices and great service on all the stuff you need. Homebrewstuff.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. 
And and that Brew Builder software is awesome. Oh yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh yeah. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back with more of your questions. After this, right now. <laughs> yeah. That's my joke that we're fading back into the break. Uh, we're all mixed up. Okay. So who's next? Some of us. You are. I am? Okay. You've got a bigger stack. <laughs> and more questions. Hey, guys. I'd really like to learn to count yeast cells so that I know I'm pitching the right amount. I'm <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of other folks that appreciate a show on this topic. How would I go about doing this and what equipment would I need? Uh, you yeah, we probably should we probably should knock out a whole show on that, I think. But um just the basics, uh the first off, pick yourself up a copy of yeast. Uh the by, by uh home home homeboy home and dog meat. Yeah. Uh, you find it in the Brewing Network store, the brewing network dot com. Um, it's got the whole thing on counting yeast and doing, you know, testing for... Setting up a home yeast lab, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, everything from, you know, the real basic tests to uh, some fairly extensive stuff. Um, get yourself a copy of that because it's got pictures and stuff that will really help. And then uh, you're going to need a hemocytometer. Okay. You're going to need a microscope capable of uh, about 400X. Okay. You're now, both of those sound like very high-tech items. How high-tech are they? Yes, they've had microscopes around for hundreds of years. Uh, you know, Pasteur, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, actually, my, my point kind of being that a, a 400X microscope yes. is not a large uh, microscope. It's a no, pretty I, common microscope, no, really. So we're not talking like an electron scan in here. Yeah. Uh, you get yourself a nice lab grade uh, microscope on eBay for, you know, 200 bucks. Yeah, probably 200. Yeah. Yeah, two to 300 uh, for a nice one. Um, you, know, you might find something even cheaper than that. Uh, some of the people have done it with um, those 
digital camera microscopes recently. Right. I've USB seen some cameras, stuff. Yeah. Um, and USB those might work. And those, you see those sometimes as cheap as like 60 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Back to, you know, there's some sure really. how well those will work. I, I've used those uh, in my job, and uh, some of those work really nice, and they do mm-hmm. um, 400X, uh, no problem. You can even get them up to 1,000X. Um, I think you don't have to have like a oil immersion for that. Well, no. I mean, it's it. it the thing about magnification it's not, yeah, is it's right. greatly reduced depth of field when you're at that mm-hmm. magnification level. Right. Um, but Which is um, why the the oil and all that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, the refraction through the air. But um, you know. Um, I mean, you can blow anything up to a thousand times, but right. if the data is not there, yeah. But so. I mean, but a USB microscope that yeah. you can plug into your computer and look at you on the screen, yeah. Um, those are are those are like a hundred to two hundred dollars as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of nice that you can you know have right. the, have it have it digitally stored on a computer right. if you want. Um, the only thing about that is um, when you count yeast. Uh, you need to have. It's good to have light from coming from underneath. Ah, that's true. So uh, that lights the cells from behind, and and different different kinds of lighting. Um, you find different microscopes have different types of lighting, light sources, and, and mm-hmm. lighting that are some are good for counting cells, some aren't. So it can be more difficult or easier to count cells, uh, especially if you're looking for things like bacteria. Um, so that you need the hemostatometer, you need the uh, cover slips for the hemostatometer. Usually they are sold together. Mm-hmm. Hemostatometer might run you like fifty bucks on eBay. Yeah. It's a glass um, slide with, with grids on it. Yeah, um, uh, you know, it's good to have a nice clicker for counting. It's good to have oh, um, like uh, a lap counter kind of thing. Yeah, sports. Yep, yep. Um, and you can get that for less than five bucks because mm-hmm. otherwise. You know, yeah. you make mistakes. You do. You <laughs> right. one. You look away. Mark down a little tick mark. Look right, back. Right, two. Right. You do the counting, or you, you're counting, and you like ten, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, forty, thirty-two. You know, and then you got to start over. So you have the clicker. It's, it works really well. Um, and then uh, you need a way to accurately measure the volume of the slurry that you're starting with and the um, how your dilution your dilution yeah. rate. So usually, like a graduated cylinder, you get like yourself a 10 mil, and you get yourself a 100 mil. Do you get those off eBay good. too, or do you have to go you to like a lab supply store? Um, Sinmar is, is good. They have mm-hmm. reasonable price. They'll have the counter, the clicker. They'll have you must, they'll have all that stuff if you want. Okay, but uh, it won't be as cheap. But they'll have it all and um, everything you need for that. Um, that's about all you need. That and then uh, you know, plenty of time. And the the trick on counting is to get your dilutions right. Okay, if it's too heavy, you're not going to be able to count correctly. And you want to get even. You want to get the flocks all broken up. And if it's too too thin, you won't have enough cells to get an accurate count. If it's too thick, you won't have enough cells to get an accurate count. So you have to kind of play around with it. Re- repeat your when you first learn to count cells. Repeat, 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 and, okay. and until you can kind of get it consistent. Because you can have a huge variance, like five hundred percent. You know, 
<laughs> by just uh, kind of messing up. So, so yeast come in flocks rather than herds, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, they they come one, they come all. Um, and somebody uh, came up with the software. If you have a one of those digital cameras that will inspect a an image and um, count how many objects are on that image, well, that's so you nice. can use it for yeah. cell counting. So automated cell counting. So, I mean, there's, there's expensive ways to do it, and somebody came up with just an app to do it. Um, it's like, yeah. So, there you go. Okay. Well, see, it's not too not too in- involved. It's not bad. No. My turn? Good question, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Don has a clarifying agent question. Don says, uh, to, Mel, to Jamel, John, JP, Justin, and anyone else with a J name, uh, first, please insert appropriate fluffery here. You guys are fantastic, but you tend to gloss over it. So, well, we are pretty fantastic, and I guess we don't talk about that enough, huh? Right. I think we spend the rest of the show just talking about how great we are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your question, Don. All right. Next. Uh, no. Uh, I've been uh, brewing for quite a while now, and for all the time, I've used Irish Moss and now Whirlflock. As a boil time clarifying agent, a kettle fining, as we call it. Right. Uh, it's always worked reasonably well for me, but now I am faced with a problem. A close friend has developed a severe sensitivity to carrageenan. It's not as odd as it sounds, apparently. <laughs> and I am yeah. told that Irish moss and its derivatives, such as whirlflock, are the base for carrageenan. As a result, he's reluctant to drink my beer, and I don't want to be that sad guy who hangs out in his basement and drinks his beer alone. <laughs> I need to find an alternative. New friends. Yeah. You could, you could join JP in his basement. That'd be fun, right? I wish I had a basement. All right. So JP is, is, doesn't even have the basement to drink yeah, alone in. Be happy to come over to your place. Yeah. yeah, he could come over to your place. Just give me the address. Uh, I know of things such as gelatin, and I know that there are other agents, but I prefer make, to make only minimal changes to my process, if at all possible. Throwing too much sand into the smoothly running machinery doesn't seem like a good idea. So here are the questions. Yeah, I'm not sure gelatin is the right thing for a boil No. Uh, for fermenter findings. Uh, one, does the carrageenan in Irish moss rofoc pre- pre- precipitate out with the bound proteins, or is there some left in suspension? I would imagine that the majority of it probably precipitates out if you used in the right quantity. Yeah. However, is it truly the carrageenan that's the issue, or is it some other thing related to the carrageenan that may actually get into solution that is now the issue? Yeah, I don't know. Hard um, to say for sure. Yeah. Allergies are very often protein-based, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which the carrageenan would be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so I, I imagine you could try using a little bit and seeing right. you know it depends how bad this guy's allergy is if, if it's just like he f- farts continuously for a day then all right um if it's gonna like cause him to stop breathing then don't screw around with it but right, if it's, it's right. just a uh, you know something like that you could maybe give it a try yeah half, uh, half a dose versus- yeah uh, two, is there a clarifying agent that can be added in the boil that works reasonably well? No. Carrageenan is the only one I'm aware of. Right. Um, All the others are, are fermenter or keg findings. You got 
gelatin, polyclar. Um, um, what's the other one? Hmm. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on the name. Um, you have the plastic. You got mm-hmm. um, right. fish guts. Um, what's it called? What the fish guts? Isinglass. Isinglass. Yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a, that's another one that's used in the fermenter or right. in the serving keg. Right, right, right. Um, um, well, and then he says, uh, which agent would most closely approximate the function of Whirlflock regardless of application? Well, Whirlflock is designed to grab on to your protein haze. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So for haze formers... Um, I thought Whirlflock, uh, again, uh, bound with the uh, tannins? No. Bounds with the, the proteins? Yeah, it's it's a hot... It it, it helps encourage um, settling of the hot break mm-hmm. and, and keep, keep pulling, you know, haze-forming proteins out. Well, and he goes on and he says, I have heard that eggshells were used historically for this function. Would this be something reasonable to try? I don't think eggshells were no. used for that. I think eggshells are used more for the calcium addition right. that they, they right. provided. But I have heard the use of egg whites yes. uh, as a, as a uh, uh, kettle finding. So, yeah, you might try egg whites. Okay. Egg whites, yep. That, that might work. Yeah. The, um, as far as, as, far as um, keg findings... Uh, to do the same thing, you'd be looking at um, polychlor is your best haze, uh, you know, finding. Well, polychlor and isinglass. Isinglass is more for, for a yeast clear uh, clarifier, but uh, polychlor uh, is very good for haze. Well, and then there is the other option: just drink hazy beer. Yeah. Because that's nuts. That's nothing purely wrong cosmetic, that, yeah. yeah. Right. And you can, um, or just let it sit for longer, and a lot of that haze will drop out and it'll Cold clear up, yeah, yeah. clear up over time. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I, me, if it were me, I'd see if the guy has any issues with, um, you know, what kind of an allergy it is, and if he can, you can experiment with the Reduce. dosage. Yeah. And, um, I mean, maybe your existing beer is fine. Who knows? Uh, and if not, then uh, I would shift over to the egg whites. Give that a try. Yep. And if not, then I'd just go with uh, settling time. And if not that, then uh, you know, just go out and get some other friends that aren't uh, have this, uh, you know, the disabled usually, you know, you're can be discarded uh in society uh clearly there's other able-bodied people that you could you could put in there instead of this disabled friend with his uh allergy that yeah. uh clearly is dragging you down uh so even during this holiday season yes you really yeah, you could replace that person with a uh, a full a fully abled uh digestive tract mm-hmm. and uh maybe that's the best solution right there do you have any idea how to use the egg whites into the boil. <laughs> um, would yeah, you, I would. I would add them just for maybe the last few minutes. Would you beat them first? <laughs> I mean, there's them? other kind of proteins you could add. I guess yeah. you know. Um, speaking of beating, um, yeah, you might uh, whisk them with uh, 
some water to kind of you know so it's not one yeah. thick glob yeah but uh whisk them with some water. some uh, clear water and then uh cast it out across the, the surface yeah maybe set up a whirlpool and that might work better yeah yeah because otherwise i think they just coagulate a big big ball yeah yep good question nothing like a cooked big ball <laughs> okay well here we got another one um from Ricky Hart. Ricky! He says, hey, guys. Hey, Ricky. Can too much head no. affect yeast flocculation? Can too much head space in the fermenter, primary and or secondary, affect the yeast flocculation? And then he goes on to explain how he brewed a couple months ago, split into two into two two and a half gallon batches, each in its own six gallon bucket. Uh, one was brewed with uh, Yeast 1056 and the other one is Yeast 1272 American Ale 2 um, to compare the ale strains and to make a long paragraph short um, they said that they experienced some gastric distress with the uh, 1272 batch um, but it didn't flocculate as well and so he's wondering if the cause of the non-flocculation was the too much headspace in that fermenter mm-hmm. for the for the yeast. Yeah, I mean everything, including the phase of the moon, can have uh, an effect on flocculation. Flocculation is one of the first things to get weird in yeast. But um, I would think that uh, generally no, because uh, you can ferment these things in uh, open fermenters. Headspace yeah. really isn't a determinant on that. Um, so, you know, it may be, you know, diameter to height ratio. I would think that, you know, you'd get better flocculation in a wider, shallower yeah. Yeah. Uh, container. Um, but, uh, well, maybe not. Yeah, it, it may be. He says that. I mean, actual flocculation might be better in a taller container um, and then, uh, or a square container and then. Uh, Settling would be better in a shallow. Okay. I read this wrong. It says both beers consistently gave uh, bad gas. Um, Might be something else. I mean, you know, yeah. come on. And he knows that the 1272 didn't flocculate as much as the 1056. Um, I, I I would not expect, I agree with you, I would not mm-hmm. expect headspace to be an issue for flocculation, or at least a primary issue mm-hmm. for, flocula- for mm-hmm. flocculation. Mm-hmm. Um, it may have had something more to do with uh, perhaps infection or a contamination in the batch. In the right, printer. right. I mean, uh, how certain is he that it's actually yeast? Sometimes people see yeah. what looks, you know, like yeast, but it's it could be not new. actually yeast. Yeah, it's something else. It's uh, you know some other haze causing uh, material. Yeah. Hmm. Well, good question. We don't have a real solid answer right. for you. But, Other than uh, I don't think it's yeah, don't space. think it's that. Yeah. Okay. Jeff, Jeff Burton, Max Efficiency. Hey kids. <laughs> hey Jeff. Uh, hey kids. Uh, there seems to be some confusion amongst my club and our local brew shop owner. He claims that the maximum efficiency with batch sparging is 65%. No. He also suggests to get better efficiency, simply add more grain. 
Can you clarify this for me, please? <laughs> well, you're not going to get more efficiency. Eff- improved efficiency by adding more grain. You'll get more. You, you yield. could possibly get more yield. Yeah. Um, but you know, you have to. Uh, there's a lot that depends on that. I mean, you know, the the volume you're running out and various things like that. Yeah, yeah. and I don't think uh, batch sparging is limited to sixty five percent. No, I, I used to get eighty, no problem. Yeah. So it's yeah, you're not limited to sixty five, um, and your uh, really your efficiency depends on, as you say, a lot of factors in your mash mm-hmm. ton. You know, dead space under the false bottom right. or what have the you crush crush right um the modification of the grains yeah temperature time yeah ph uh, yeah it's just it's a whole world of things right but uh yeah in terms of yield i used to get i used to get 80 80 no problem from batch barging um so depends on recipe and all these other factors you mentioned mm-hmm all right. Okay. Yeah, my turn. Ah, okay. Here's one for you. This is from Josh Zimmer. And uh, he's talking about bottling from the ke- keg at room temperature. Mm-hmm. says, hey, Jimmy and John, I recently listened to the Progasm series out of curiosity and also because I've been having some carbonation issues bottling from the keg at room temp. I'm fairly new to kegging, and since I don't have the option of chilling my kegs prior to bottling, I'm forced to bottle my beer at room temperature. Uh, I kept I keep my kegs in the fermentation room, which is controlled at 67F, and bottle in the same room, but I'm sometimes having serious foaming issues at first and then towards the end of bottling. Uh, and it seems like some of these bottles are seriously undercarbonated. Um, he's wondering... Oh, he's using a Billikman beer gun. And he's bottling at about 3 PSI. He usually bleeds the keg um, of the carbonation pressure. He says he's been carbonated at 30 PSI, and then uh, then he'll start bottling. So he bleeds off the excess pressure in the keg, then starts bottling from the keg. And this is all at room temperature? Yeah, room temperature. Well, that's your problem. Yeah. Really, that's about... Right. That's that is the cause of the foaming problems. Yes. Uh, the warmer a liquid is, the less gas it wants to hold right so in order to for the uh, i mean blickman beer gun is truly magic yeah um and truly the easiest way to get beer into your your bottle Mm -hmm. but the liquid will only hold a certain amount of gas for the temperature it's at so it needs to be if you look at your uh carbonation chart the volume co2 chart it needs to be at a minimum the temperature that holds that uh, volume. that volume of CO two, and then no problem. You can go warmer than that, and you know the CO two starts to come out. It just doesn't all come out at once, but it's tr- it's starting to come out, and that's why you get some foaming. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you're higher than that temperature. If you can get below that temperature to hold that volume of CO two, and you have that certain volume of CO two in there, and your temperature is lower than that. That CO2 will stay in there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it will start pulling in more CO2. Well, if you get it cold enough, right, and you yeah. expose it to the air, it'll start actually taking CO2 out of the air. So um, that's the trick. Just make it cold enough, and it's uh, I, I've been able to fill no problem, yeah. uh, but I do it cold. He doesn't say, but I wonder if one 
I wonder if uh, the length of the hoses on the Blickman beer gun may be an issue as well. Because if you shorten those... Yeah, true. I mean, you can... Well, uh, he would need to lengthen it. Yeah. To, uh, But he'd need, like, miles. To, yeah. If it's warm, if it's room temperature... It's not going to help much. I mean, really... All right. Being able to chill it down somehow would help right. him, would really solve this problem. Yep. So there you go. There's a solution. All right. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, more of your questions after this. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. When Michael Fairbrother started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go 
pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Moonlight Meadery meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Are you a hophead? Beer lovers of all stripes will love Brewers Publications' latest release, IPA, Brewing Techniques, Recipes, and the Evolution of India Pale Ale by Mitch Steele. I wanted to write a book that presented an accurate review of the history of IPA and also provided current technical brewing tips and recipe information. India Pale Ale is a style I love because it has a rich, fascinating history, and today it provides brewers a showcase for all the great new hop varieties that are available. I'm so proud of this book, and I know you'll enjoy all the recipes and thoughts from so many of the world's great IPA brewers. IPA is available now from Brewers Publications at brewerspublications.com and your favorite homebrew store. Order your copy today and take your hot forward beers to the next level. American Homebrewers Association and Brewers Association members receive early notice and special discounts to most Brewers Publication releases. Visit brewerspublications.com to learn more and to find a schedule of author appearances. IPA by Mitch Steele. Get yours today. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zainashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're wrapping up uh, another Q&A fine uh, Q&A show. Uh, you got, a, got another one for us, John? I've got one good one. It's a three-parter. It's right up your alley. Three parter. Yeah, yeah. Those get right up my alley. Main Just like JP, I'm not, I'm not a, a fan of really long emails, or long <laughs> questions. It's like, dude, just get right to the point. If you need to, send me three emails. Well, and it's nice. I mean, on the one hand, because people are communicating with you yes. and they like you enough, and they're they're sharing a personal exactly. thing. But but for me to help you, it helps a lot if you just say what you want. And then after you ask your question, say, hey, I've learned a lot, and this is a, a history of my brewing, if you care. 
Well, just get to the. Yes. You know, if you get to the point, it just saves everybody a lot of time. And let me tell you something. Let me give you a little insight into how I answer emails. Um, if the question can be answered in the time it takes to drop a deuce, you're much more likely to get get that question answered. Because I'll be there. You know, I'm 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 pinching one off. I, I got a few minutes. I'll, I'll rattle off an answer to you, right? Yeah. That's yeah. why a lot of them end with, uh, <laughs> all right? And, uh, you know, where's the toilet paper? Uh, so, you know, you keep them short like that, you're going to get yourself, yourself a, a quick little snappy answer. Okay. Well, here is the question the first. <laughs> Which is funny because the whole lead into this question was super fucking long and really boring. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to get into this long question. I just think it's pretty ironic. And that was indeed our second break. <laughs> okay, question first. <laughs> Is there anything wrong? Yes. With using <laughs> with the show? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with using your mash wort to make a starter or priming as for your priming sugar for bottling. Yes. Yes and no. I mean, it depends on, um, you know, what what the word's composed of. If it's, you know, some imperial, Russian imperial stout where you're trying to prime, um, you know, your Kolsch, I don't think that's a good idea. Right, right. Um, You know, so if all your beers are the same, then I guess that's fine, Um, you know. If it's, um, you know, you're always brewing the same beer time and time again and you're priming the previous batch with the new wort for the, you know, for what's the same recipe, mm-hmm. I, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, if you're making starters and things like that, you don't really want um, necessarily high gravity. Uh, you don't want super low gravity. You don't want uh, hops in it. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or you know, you know, maybe seven IVUs, but that's about it. Ten IVUs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He say, he goes on to say, you know, in a long-winded section, you know, <laughs> JP never would have read that he's targeting one o one o three or ten thirty ten forty OG for this wort. Uh huh. Um, okay. And so yeah, I, yeah, ten thirty ten thirty five to yeah ten forty, right in there. You use it nine nine to ten Plato. The the one of the and it's really it's not much different than using DME or you know like malt extract to right. make up a starter wort or prime or priming with malt extract. Yeah, I used to make a uh, starter wort from all grain. Just yeah. take uh, base base malt, mash it, run it out into the kettle, boil a little bit, and it's ready Can to go. It, yeah. Okay, so you can do that. Yeah. Second question. Is it smart to keep a lager yeast starter at lager ferment temps before pitching? Well, again, you know, how long before pitching? Are you talking a couple of weeks? Yeah, you got to keep it cold. Yeah. Keep it as cold as possible. Um, but as far as pitching, you should be within five degrees of your work temperature for pitching. Okay. So, yeah, it would be a good idea to have it close to that, that temperature. Now, if you're going to pitch warm into warm wort, then you want the lager yeast to be warm, you know, again, within 5, 10 degrees, and then you would cool it down afterwards. I'm not a fan of that, but, um, right. you know, that could, people do that. But you, you always want your yeast within a certain time. Now, so. a lot of times people ask this because they're like, okay, then I should make my starter at lager yeast fermentation temperature. 
Not necessarily. The, you can grow your lager yeast at room temperature, just like your ale yeast. Uh-huh. Once it's grown up, then you can very you know you can gently lower the temperature down, you know, over the course of a day or two to whatever your lager fermentation temperature is going to be. Not just stick the stick the flask in the fridge. You can. But you know, and it Preferably depends on not. depends on how much stress it is. I mean, you could wrap a towel around it or something to slow it slow down the drop. If you chill or heat yeast too rapidly, they express these heat shock proteins. Okay, and that takes you know a tremendous amount of energy, and it changes the way that the yeast behaves. So you know, it's better not to do that. Okay. Last and final, when cool conditioning an ale or lagering. Should it be without CO2, aside from purging the oxygen from the keg? Or do you guys put CO2 on the keg while it's in this stage? Well, um, if you're, you know, very slowly lowering the temperature of the beer with lager yeast and you don't go below 40 Fahrenheit and you want to sit and lager then mm-hmm. I wouldn't put CO2 on it. Just enough to keep, you know, it from Just to sucking in. Then. Yeah. But if you're not doing that, then yeah, CO2 is fine and just crash chill it and Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to when I crash a cold condition in ale, mm-hmm. yeah, it's is when I put it in the keg, I purge the keg. Yeah. Fill up the keg, yep. I pressurize it. Right. And throw it in the fridge at thirty five. Right. You know. And leave it hooked up to CO two and yeah. it both Cold Carp- conditions and carbonates at the same time. You wait a week. And it's ready and to it's serve. conditioned. It's carbonated. A lot of the little crap has fallen out. You're yep. ready to rock and roll. Yep. Same here. And finally, thanks, guys. Keep it up. Sorry about the first question. I know it's grueling, but I think I may be a genius compared to you guys. Oh, no, it says I might be a genius unless you guys tear it apart and tell me I'm a novice idiot. Okay. No worries. Make beer. Love peace. Snap off yourself a fresh piece. <laughs> Did you really say that? Yeah. <laughs> Not in that order, really. Snap but. yourself off a fresh piece. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so we're talking about. New hose. <laughs> yeah, don't be shy. Snap yourself off a fresh piece. Oh, yeah. Good questions. It's <laughs> a blast from the past. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have fun doing the show. No kidding. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we need to take one more break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll wrap up with one more of your questions after this. BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And HopTech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. That's it. I've had it. I am never. 
Hopper putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My doctor, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acids. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I am in my position, the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew Homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well.
well. Yeast Nutrient and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply. AustinHomebrew.com. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. To the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right. We're going to wrap this up here uh, with any questions from the chat. People listening live, you go to thebrewingnetwork.com. You can listen live and you can also chat with. Uh, uh, JP during the show and asking questions and participate through that uh, fine uh, medium. Uh, what questions do we have today, JP? This is from Stretch, and Stretch asks, Stretch. Um, has Jamil had any long-term negative effects from gallbladder removal? My <laughs> wife just has hers removed and just wondering what might be coming down the pipe. Yeah, it's the stuff coming down the pipe you got to worry about. No, um... <laughs> I thought it would all be about beer. No, um, uh, long-term negative effects. Um, I know that they say that, um, you know, all of a sudden fatty foods and things like that would be problem for you and you'd have all this sort of problem. In my case, um, my gallbladder was removed because it was not functioning at all. It was not, uh, they have this test where they inject you with this radioactive dye, mm-hmm. radioactive iodine, and it drops into your gallbladder, into a little gallbladder sack. Okay. And then they inject you with this thing to make your gallbladder contract and Shorten shove it up. all out, you know, uh-huh. like it, it's introducing functioning. bile to, you know, <laughs> oh, okay. like it's functioning. And you're supposed to get a certain amount of contraction. Mine just went, eh. And... <laughs> <laughs> didn't really do anything. They're like, yeah, that thing doesn't work. I'm like, okay. So uh, they cut it out. So I really had no change because mine wasn't working anyways. So um, hmm. I guess maybe the years leading up to that where it wasn't working and uh, you know had uh, the horrible shits or something, maybe that would have been from that. I don't know. Um, hmm. So no, I don't know. I don't know. But they say high fatty foods... You know, avoid super fatty foods because that will cause problems. What the runs, basically? Or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it just ends up like you don't have the bile to break it down, and hmm. the, I guess the bile's for breaking down fats and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have the bile production to uh, do that. So that would be your answer, I think. 
All right. Okay. It's medical talk with uh, John and Jamel. Uh, so he should know, expect, um, you know, some runny shits, problems some, with fatty foods. Yeah, the, he gives his wife uh, fatty foods, and she'll stain her pants. Maybe that's my me- esteemed medical opinion. Fair enough. So there you go. You might uh, might ask your doctor and see what they say, but uh, um, everybody's different. Um, he says, "Awesome." There you go. There you go. Glad I could help. Alrighty, another fine show. Uh, if you enjoy this show, yeah, make sure to check out our fine sponsors: Blickman Engineering, Blickman with two ends, mm-hmm. Engineering dot com. Um, you know, Adam and Eve dot com. Check out the HA. Check out uh, brew, your brewing, own. brew your own. Check out the uh, Brewing Network's uh, uh, Homebrew U series of DVDs uh, in the store now. Check them out. Uh, Brewingnetwork.com slash store. They got other great things in there. John's uh, excellent book, How to Brew. Uh, Mitch Steele's IPA book. Um, all fantastic books. Uh, get yourself a copy today. And, uh, you know, a big chunk of that price goes to help Brewing Network keep these shows going. So right. don't be shy. Buy yourself some goodies. Buy yourself some glassware. Buy some shirts, hats, uh, books. Um, you know, if you need DVDs. DVDs. All that stuff, and and you know, it's just uh, meant to uh, uh, to give you something of value while you're supporting the Bruin Network and uh, enjoying all the free stuff. So uh, you need some way of getting some revenue going, and, and that would be it. And um, what else? See you at the uh, Homebrewers Conference, right? Soon. Yep. Coming up, be there. Don't miss us. National right. Homebrew Competition. I may actually enter this year. Cool. What? I won't. Yeah, that's I, crazy. I, I think it'd be fun to actually step up on the stage. You know, yeah. Wow, and, and that's and a big assumption. Then announce the winners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Till then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody.